Um, all right. So today we welcome to the show Brett Kessler all the way from Denver, Colorado in the U USA. Welcome, Brett. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. No, you're most welcome, bud. Look, um, I, I came across you the other day and we were having a bit of a chat and, and your story certainly inspired me and uh, I definitely think it's um, you know worth sharing with the world. So tell us a bit about who you are um, and your endurance life. Sure. So my name is Brett Kessler. I am 50 years old. I turned 50 this year. I live in Denver, Colorado, and um, I uh, hit a major milestone this year, uh, having the opportunity to participate in the Ironman World Championships in Kona. Um, I did my first triathlon. It was an Olympic distance triathlon in 1993. And I'm a dentist, and in dental school, one of my, my friends said, hey, I bet you couldn't do this. And I said, what is it? He's like, it's a triathlon. I'm like, okay. I was a, a pretty good biker at the time. I did a lot of mountain biking. I started mountain biking in college, 1986. And I ran a little bit here and there. Um, but my friend dared me to do this uh, triathlon thing. And I had no idea how to swim. And I just uh, said, sure, I can. I could do it. And so I went for it. And, um, and I did it, but it was funny back in, in the early nineties, there was no real internet yet. And, mm. uh, um, and, and so, and when you sign up for things, there was a little like cardboard, uh, card, like a postcard that you had to sign up on. So the front of it, you put your name and your address and your age and whatever. And on the backside, it, it, there was a little paragraph that said, if you'd like to be, um, included in the Ironman Hawaii lottery please check here and so i always checked that box wow. and uh and then i put you know i put it in the mail with my check and i threw it in the mail and and i hope they got my um you know a few weeks later i'd get the uh, the confirmation they got my check they got my check and i was in um but not, not you know i never thought i'd get to hawaii um you know the first i first uh triathlon i did was uh just a disaster and it was in chicago and uh, the waves were what seemed like four to six feet. And I had no idea I could swim a mile in the pool, but mm. I never swam open water before. And so and it's very different. You know, it is very different, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I was listening to your open water tips today. Um, and yeah, you're right on, but this was, this was choppy and I can only turn mm. one way to breathe. And, and it would happen to be the way the waves were coming in. Um, and so I swallowed a bunch of water within, mm. you know, the first 50 yards of the, of, of the race. And so I, I learned that you can hang on to, uh, to lifeboats in these races. <laughs> and so I, I doggy paddled my way to the lifeboat and I rested there and I doggy paddled my way to the next one and I rested there. And that's how I got through that first one. No. Nice. Um, then in, uh, yeah, it was, wasn't pretty, but I did it. Um, then I got, uh, I moved to Colorado in 1999. And, uh, so as I said before, let me back up. I'm a dentist. And after dental school, I did a, a cancer fellowship at Northwestern Memorial hospital in Chicago. And I was my my focus there was to do uh, to treat the patients who had blood cancers before they would have a bone marrow transplant. So basically, if those patients had any infections in their mouth whatsoever, when they do the the bone marrow transplant, the chemotherapy would wipe out their immune system, and they were vulnerable, and a lot of them could die if they, if it wasn't addressed. So we would address Good it gosh. proactively. And uh, so I would treat those patients and, uh, you know, that was, that's what I learned and that was my thing. And, but then when I moved to Colorado, I wasn't in a hospital setting anymore and I still wanted to give to that demographic. 
I got a postcard from uh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and they were starting this thing called Team and Training. And it was a way where you can raise a little bit of money, and then you could do a triathlon with um, with a group of people. You can have a coach, and uh, you know, and it's for a good cause. And being that I didn't really know anyone yet in Denver. I wanted to find a group of people that, you know, wanted to give to a cause and wanted to train together. So it was a, it was a great uh, opportunity for me to just, you know, meet some people. Um, but I, I originally signed up for the marathon and I didn't, uh, when I looked at how much running was involved, I was like, oh, no way, I can't do that. Can I do the triathlon <laughs> instead? And uh, so they let me do the triathlon. And so anyway, I had the best uh, race of my life up till then. Um, and it was the LA triathlon in 2001. Um, and I was just loving being part of team and training. Um, we met a lot of very inspirational people and I felt like we were really doing some, um, some good stuff for, uh, not only for ourselves, but for the cause, mm. um, the coach, uh, his name's Charlie Perez. And, uh, he, uh, asked me to stay on to be the assistant coach because, uh, he liked working with me. Not that I was so talented or anything like that. Um, but he liked the way I, I, you know, interact with everybody and, uh, he taught me a bunch of things and, um, you know, so I stayed on and was his assistant coach for a while. And, and for the next seven years, he and I, and then another coach uh, named Mary Carey, uh, the three of us would coach teams through, you know, uh, of, you know, to, of people to get them through their first triathlon and uh it was it was a blast um i raised money again uh to do the chicago marathon um and and i think i raised for another triathlon as well with them and i was really into the cause um i'm i got really involved in organized dentistry and uh, i was involved with the colorado dental association and now the american dental association and so i kind of got away from doing triathlons and just right into, um, trail running. And so I spent a lot of my time now trail running. And so 2008 was the last triathlon I did for a while. Um, but also in 2008, my mom, uh, came down with chronic myelogenous leukemia. Mm. And up till then we had no connection whatsoever to cancers in our family. And, um, and the kind of cancer she had, um, actually she took a drug that was funded by the race that we did in 2001 to treat that very specific kind of leukemia. And so the serendipity of it all was the, 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 the money we raised in 2001 in the LA triathlon, um, you know, uh, uh, allowed a clinical trial to produce a drug that saved her life or gave her an extra eight bonus years of life with us. And, uh, so wow. again, I was, I was hooked into the cause again, um, but I didn't, uh, my mom didn't want any, uh, any attention directed towards her. And so she passed in May of 2016. And after she passed, I, uh, the leukemia society friends, uh, team and training friends that I had, um, they knew, uh, that she passed and she, they asked if I wanted to honor her by doing something with them. And I said, okay. Are you still doing that, uh, the Kona thing? <laughs> and they said, well, yes, we are. And the applications are due now. And so I put an application in and I had to go through some, uh, um, some interviews with different people around the country who were involved in team of training because they wanted to make sure one, that I was, uh, able to, uh, complete the race mm -hmm. Two that I was able to raise money 
for the race. Um, and so I hadn't done a triathlon in 10 years by then. And, um, but I had been doing a lot of trail running. And in fact, last February, I did a 50 mile, uh, ultra marathon in Page, Arizona. It's called Antelope Canyon, which is a great race. Um, wow. but so I've kept my fitness up, but I hadn't swam since, you know, 2008 and I hadn't ridden my bike really since then either. So I called my friend Charlie and said, Hey, I got in. And, uh, he's, he's like, Hey, let's go. And, and what he, he, we had a conversation about, you know, the training plan and, you know, all my travel schedules and stuff like that. So he can build a plan around me getting there. Um, and I, uh, you know, I had to really get back to, uh, you know, just summon a bunch of humility because I wasn't 40 years old anymore and I was nowhere near as fast as I used to be. Um, and I had to relearn how to swim. I couldn't swim two lengths of the pool without completely being out of breath. Um, and so he told me, just take it slow. I was still, um, recovering from that 50 mile race that I did. And he's just like, just swim, just, just do, you know, you know, 50 yards of, of freestyle and 50 yards of, of, of breaststroke, keep alternating until you get comfortable mm. and you'll get it back, you know? And, Cause that's a, that's and, a big, that's a big <laughs> leap, you know, a few laps compared to, you know, 3.3.8 K or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, it was it freaked me out, but it freaked me out enough, scared me enough to to make me work. And you know, Charlie put together a schedule and every Sunday night when I'd get the schedule, I'd look at it and I'd be like, I swear he's trying to kill me. He's mm. trying to kill me, you know? How can I do all this? And but I was scared enough and I knew this was a one-time shot for me because I'm just a very average athlete and and not spectacular in anything except that I got really disciplined. And um you know, and I was able to do it, um, and which so, is which is almost a super parent yeah. itself at times. Being being disciplined, self disciplined, um, you know, can help you achieve almost anything in your life. So that's amazing in itself. Yeah, and you know, and and you know, the what, what do they talk about it at Hawaii? Like anything is anything is possible. Dreams do come true. Mm. You know, and, you know, this dream was was born in 1993. It was probably born before that when I saw the Julie Moss Wild World of Sports uh, episode where she was crawling uh, across the finish line and everyone was like horrified. And I was like, wow, That's someday, <laughs> you know, someday I'd like to do that. And yeah, and the discipline, um, you know, I wanted to go to Hawaii and, and I wanted to make this the, you know, the most amazing experience of my life. And so I did the work, you know, I got up uh, every morning at four 30 and did what I had to do before work. And then I did whatever I had to do after work. And well, uh, thankfully my wife and family were very, uh, uh, supportive of the whole deal. And, and then my network of friends, uh, and colleagues and patients, uh, from all over the world chipped in and I raised almost $70,000 to, to the cause. And, uh, <laughs> That's, yeah, so <laughs> that's no small sum of money. Yeah, I Holy didn't hit my gosh. goal there. I did not hit my goal, but I, uh, um, yeah, I'm really proud of that. And I really feel like I wasn't racing for me. I was racing for me, but I was racing for a bigger cause, mm. uh, you know? And so, so yeah, we, so I did a, a couple races leading up to that, uh, to the, to the Hawaii thing. And, you know, I actually uh, went to, I did the Hanu half Ironman in June and that was my first triathlon that I had done since 2008. Um, and I didn't know really what my body could take. And so I kind of took it easy on the, on the 
swim and bike because I didn't know if I could run it. And then I kept thinking that was going to, you know, the, sh- the other shoe was going to drop and I was going to hit the wall because that was my, um, my pass was that, you know, and I've done five half Ironmans up to that, but I hadn't done one in 10 years, but I would always bonk at the end and I mm. have to end up in the last three or four miles. And so it never was really satisfying. So my, it's, it's still a big race. Like, you know, we watch people do Ironmans and we, but like if half Ironman, you know, I haven't done a half Ironman myself yet. And that's what I'm building towards at the moment with, with a, a view one day to, to get to Kona is probably most triathletes dream of, but, um, half Ironman, it's a long way. It, like it's a, a 90 yeah. kilometer ride, half a marathon, um, you know, and a 1.9 K swim, you know, whatever that equates to in, in the mile point, side of things. 1.2 miles. Yeah. Yes. It's, oh gosh. It's a mammoth it's, effort. It's, it's no joke. Well, you know, Charlie told me that that struck because I had done, you know, several uh, long runs in in the past 10 years. And um, he's like, you know, I can teach you how to swim again. I can teach you how to bike again. We have to teach you how to run again because trail running is not like road running. What Mm. I can't teach somebody is how to suffer for 17 hours. And you Mm. already know how to do that. So, um, cause I had done that in a couple of races where I ran for 17 hours and it's like, those are the, the experiences that I had picked up along the years really came in to play here because, um, cause I knew how to suffer. I knew. And, and when you do ultra marathons, um, you know, there's always going to be some highs and there's going to be some lows and you're going to get through both. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> so I was, I was expecting all of that. Um, but when I did the half, I did, I felt great. It was the fastest half Ironman I'd ever done. It was like six hours and 20 minutes. Um, and for me, wow. that was, wow, it was yeah, really, yeah. really motivating that I'm That's like, moving. I can do this. I can mm. do this. Um, and then I came back to Colorado and I did, a uh, an Olympic distance called Boulder peak, Boulder, Colorado. And some of the best athletes in the world, Outside of Australia, live in Boulder, Colorado. Mm, yeah, I've um, seen, I've heard a little <laughs> bit about that. Like great, great area for you know getting out there and, and exercising and trails and and countryside. By the, is that is that right? Like it's some... it's wonderful. The rolling mm. hills. It's always mm. sunny. It's hot. It's like the and it's at altitude. It's like six thousand feet, and so you're, uh, um, you know, you're 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 training with the best and you're 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 racing with the best and. So, but this Boulder Peak one is one of the hardest Olympic distance bicycle cor- uh, uh, legs of, of any course in the world. It's got a, uh, a, a hill in there called Old Stage, Old Stage Road. And it's about a mile climb and it gets up to about 16 degrees, 16% uh, uh, grade. And it was, mm. it was, it's, it's a real challenge one. But I, to me, in my mind, well, it's only a, an Olympic distance, who cares? It's just a training day, you know? And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I made every rookie mistake you can make in this race. And you know, I swallowed a bunch of water in the swim and I could never catch my breath. And um, the bike, I never felt like I was pushing um, the run. I, I could barely run, walk it. And I came out of that race. Oh, when I went into the transition area for both times after the swim and after the bike, I couldn't find my bike, couldn't oh, find my no. track. I mean, it was like, what the heck is going on mm. here, you know? And, and so, it can be a little bit confusing. I mean, like, you know, there's people listening to this that are just considering doing one for the first time. Like my first triathlon, similar sort of story. You, you There's bikes just 
everywhere, rows and rows and rows. And then you've come out, I'm exhausted from the swim. I don't exactly remember. Like I've got a, you know, I know I've got a number waiting for me, but what was that number again? How far down was my bike? I don't remember coming in this way. I mean, I've, I've learned to, you know, really picture where I'm going to run in, where I have to run to my bike, where I'll run out. Um, but yeah, your first one, or your first couple, uh, or, or anyone, I suppose, it can be very confusing. Yeah, and I just started laughing. I go, well, this is, you know, I'm supposed to do the, the world championships in, in three months, and I can't even do this. And mm-hmm. um, But, you know, every, every day along the journey, those nine months that I had to train for this, I learned something. And it was, uh, you know, I, I, I made those mistakes then and I learned to not make those at the big day, you uh-huh. know? And so I, you know, it, it wasn't the, the end all I was screwed. I wasn't going to make this happen. It was like, Oh, what did I learn? What can I have done better? And how could I have prepared better? Mm. You know? And, and even though I had such a lousy day, I still finished and I finished, pr- you know, pretty strong for me. And so I had that, you know, to take away. Um, so I was, I was really excited. And then I did, uh, several 20 mile races and long runs and long, uh, long bike rides. And we have one, we don't have a lot of open water swimming opportunities here in Colorado. Um, there are some reservoirs, but not a lot of lakes, uh, you know, with, uh, any kind of currents or waves and stuff like that. Mm. And so I did a lot of open water swimming in, in our little reservoir here. Um, but I, I felt like, um, and then then I travel a bit and I'd go back to Chicago where I'm from and I had some, some, some work stuff there and I would go swim in Lake Michigan, which is a big body of water that does have, you know, currents and and waves. And gosh, every time I seemed to go there, I left my wetsuit in Denver for on purpose because I knew I was going to go swimming and I didn't want to swim in my wetsuit Mm because I knew I couldn't do it in, in Hawaii. So I'd, and, and every time I went swimming in Chicago, there were huge waves and huge currents. And, um, and I, I got comfortable again and I remembered not to fight the, fight the waves, fight the currents, let's just go with them. You mm. know, you go up, you're going to go down, you breathe when you can, um, and you, you make your, your move when you can. Um, and I just a, had a, a lot much more, a much more relaxed approach. It feels, exactly. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I found that with the water. It's all of a sudden when, you know, I used to freak out in the water and now all of a sudden it's like, well, hang on. No, it, it, that's what's coming. And yeah, you might get smashed in the face by a wave. Yeah, you miss that breath, catch the next breath, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. It sounds, sounds like a, you know, a lot of benefits and a lot of mindset stuff coming through and what you're doing. Yes. And with mindsets, um, I, I had a re- I'm a visual person and I would visualize things like, you know, what's it going to be like at the beginning of the race, um, at the beginning of the swim? Um, how am I going to be on the on the bike? You know, I have to stay disciplined. Um, and, and every run that I completed, the last mile and a half of that run, I visualized what it would be like in the last mile and a half of the of the Ironman. Mm. And that's what kept me going. And, you know, and, and for the end, my, my wife and my two youngest daughters in, in my mind were going to be at the finish line there to, to catch me. And that happened. Um, and it was just, just unbelievable, but, uh, but I'm jumping ahead of myself. Sorry. But that, the, the visual vis, visualization really, uh, helped me get up in the morning, gave me something to look forward mm. to. Mm. And, it, and it gave me, you know, cause it's, they say it's 10% physical once you get to the starting line and 90% 90% mental. 
And I really believe that's true. (laughs) And so if we can train our mind as well as our body to, um, to, to get through the the challenges, um, and not panic, um, you know, we're in a good spot. And it's another thing Charlie told me, we get you to the starting line without injuries, we'll get you to the finish line. Mm. And it's true. You know, sounds, sounds like you had some a good network around you as well, like encouraging some some good guidance there. I really did. Um, mm. I don't know if you if you probably haven't heard of Charlie, but he's usually the number one rated triathlete in his age group. He's been since I've known him since 2001. So oh. he's 74, I think now. And so if you look him up, he's uh, okay. he's always been one. He did Kona and he took second. It is one and only Ironman. Oh um, wow! So. He's a stud and just, he knows me better than anybody from an athletic standpoint. So he put together something that really worked for me. Mm. And, um, so, and then I did another half Ironman about a month before Kona. Um, it was called the, the harvest moon half. And he made me race this one without any, um, computers, no Garmin Watts, no bike computers. He made me run it naked. And, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like my, my, my pacifier. It's my binky. I need to know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I need to know. And he's like, no, Brett, you don't need to know. You don't need to do that. Um, you know, I want you to go completely by feel. <laughs> I mm-hmm. want you to, 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 to do that. And, and so, you know, perceived effort was, was that, was that day. And I had no idea where I was, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I knew where I was in the, in, when I got out of the water, but I had no idea where I was with respect to all the competition and the bike and, but I got off the bike and he said that he wanted me to really push the run because he didn't feel like I had been pushing the run to what I was capable of running. And he had done the aqua man part of that. So he did the bike, the swim bike, and then he was done. And mm-hmm. so I kept expecting him to pop out behind a bush and run with me. Mm. and uh, push me so i was scared you know so i (laughs) so i really pushed the run and they had a an aid station on that run uh every mile or so just like they would in kona and so i broke it up into 13 one mile runs you know and i would run as best as i can to the aid station then i'd refuel get some ice and water and dump it over me and then i'd run to the next aid station and repeat Mm. And, um, and so that was, uh, was really uh, a huge confidence boost for me. And I finished that race in under six hours and I'd never been under six hours in a, in a half Ironman before. So even faster than my, my previous PR at the Hanu. No, um, so I was really, really excited mm. and really, really happy. Um, and then it was, you know, he kept, he kept pushing me, you know, up till about a week before he only gave me about a week of taper. Mm-hmm. which I thought was, was interesting. Um, but the week of taper was, I, I went to Hawaii a week early, uh, before the race, to to bring, I brought my family. So my wife and my four kids, um, and then two of my best friends came for the week. My brother and his wife came, um, uh, my brother, who's a, uh, uh, also an Ironman, um, competitor. Um, and then my, uh, another great friend of mine came and we just had a nice week. Uh, my family, you know, we did things we'd never been to Hawaii before as a family. And we, you know, did a bunch of snorkeling and we got to swim with dolphins and, you know, do all those fun things. And, mm. uh, and then my wife gave me the, the, my whole family actually gave me the, you know, the levity to do what I needed to do to, you know, for my race and stuff like that. And, 
you know, and you know, speaking of, of swimming, so I, you know, the first day I get there, I go down to Kona, <coughs> go to the pier and where, where the race starts and I just go for a swim and gosh, I mean, there were people there. Everybody seemed like they were like, like superheroes. The only thing they were missing were masks and capes, you know, yes. and they're super uber fit. And, uh, you know, so I went swimming and, and these people just were swimming over me. Like I wasn't even moving and mm. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Um, so, you know, I swam every day just to get used to it. And, and I kept having to, um, keep in my mind that this is not, you know, I'm not here to win it. Everyone else is here to win it. I'm here to experience the, the, the day and mm. do the best I can do and raise awareness for the cancer, uh, uh, the leukemia society. And, um, and so, you know, and I did that. And a couple of days later, I went swimming with one of my best friends. Um, he's a really strong swimmer. He wasn't racing, um, but he, he was there to support me. And, you know, and, and he's swimming right behind me. And all of a sudden, I feel a tug at my, my legs. And I stop and, and Gary's like, hey, look down there. And I saw some, we, I saw some fish. I didn't realize how deep we were. Um, and I'm like, yeah, so I thought they were like maybe some reef sharks or something like that. And they were small. He's like, no, those are dolphins. I'm like, no, no, those aren't. And then all of a sudden we were swimming in a whole, um, pot of dolphins and they started oh coming gosh. up and swimming with us and, you know, splashing us and making their noises. And I mean, who, I mean, who gets to do that? You know, no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's amazing. It sounds like a magical experience. This whole trip. It was, it was a good omen, you know? Um, and then, you know, come, come race day, it was, uh, you know, leading up to it, the, the energy of the whole Island started building as more and more people started showing up for the race. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there was bikes everywhere and people running and, you know, people swimming. And I was like, man, everyone's hitting it. Like, like today's the race, you know? And I'm like, you yeah, guys gotta be chilling out here. Um, so, and anyway, we, we, we got to, to race day and, well, let me, let me say one more thing that, you know, because I had so many people following me through social media. Um, my wife, unbeknownst to me, sent out um, notes to all of our mutual friends and asking them to write a letter back to me to wish me well. And so uh, two days before the, the race, she gives me this packet and there's like 30 pages double sided of letters of people. Of, oh, wow you know, wishing me well. And, and I got to see the impact that I've had on these people in their lives and the things that I've done to inspire them over the years. Um, and they got to reflect that back to me. It was a, just a huge, huge gift. Just so emotional. I could not even get through it. Mm. Uh, I was crying so hard. And I said to, to my wife, I'm like, you know, whatever happens at the race tomorrow, um, I've already won, mm. you know? one in life because this is kind of stuff that people only say at eulogies after you're dead yes and, and i got to to hear it and and encourage you know and and so these letters and all these texts and messages and facebook posts and i mean people were just you know just i had so much energy and good vibes from all over the world you know supporting me um, it was just such a, an amazing experience. This was even before the race. What a legend so, your wife is organizing that, you know, like I, I'm a big one on, um, on passing praise and, and genuine praise and compliments, 
um, especially when, when, when they're due, you know, and, you know, at times, I mean, I don't know what it's like in the States, but in Australia at times we, we maybe hold that feedback back here. We've got something that we call tall poppy syndrome. And when someone's up there, usually like, you know, you'll cut them down at the knees is, is like a yeah. cultural thing. But, um, you know, I feel like a, a kind word and, and not saving these things up for, for the day that we're standing over a coffin or, or a crem- cremation jar. That's right. Yeah. We should be sharing those things and, and what it means to not only share the compliment, but to receive it. It's amazing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you always want to live with no regrets and mm. uh, to have, uh, you know, and I live that way. I, I, I mentor a lot of people. I've, you know, helped a lot of people along the way. This whole, you know, fundraising thing was was huge. And, and you know, I just, I don't know, I feel like really blessed uh, to be able to do so many things in my life and um hey i didn't i know if i mentioned but i'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict as well and um and i'm 20 years sober and i got my my 20 year coin uh a week after the race so it was a really big week for me to get the the Mm. iron man and then do the 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 iron get the uh the 20 year medallion um i uh you know i just feel so blessed and so i want (laughs) to i feel like the first uh you know 30 years of my life before I got sober, my whole intention was to take from the world. And then since mm-hmm. I got sober, my intention was to give to the world because this is all bonus time for me. Um, so, you know, it all, there's so much synchronicity in, in play here that, uh, you know, I just feel that the universe was conspiring for, for me to have a good day, you know, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and everything was building up to that. So, um, I, I, could talk about race days or anything uh, you think i missed well, uh no i mean like I, and and, I, and, cause it, and it's quite an inspiring story i mean like i the 50 mile races you're, you're raising money here and there you're you're you know doing like marathon swims and like you know for, for mine i just i feel like it, it, there is a lot um, that you've been able to accomplish which is which is um super amazing and you know one, one of the things there that i guess um you know just Oh, give us one sec. Yeah, the aircon's on, mate. Would you mind if would you talk to mummy just whilst daddy's on the phone? Can you get mummy, please, little mate? Good boy. Good boy. Um, and so, yeah, one of the things that you know I'm finding, like you know, listening to your story, is that you know it seems to me that you really are inspiring a lot of people, and um, and maybe um, surprising yourself with with what you're being able to achieve. But what benefits do you think, um, you know, all this endurance, being an endurance athlete, what do you think it's brought into your life? Oh my gosh, um, so much. I, um, you know, we talked a little bit before about the discipline. And you can't, you can't fake it when it's showtime, mm. you know? And so if there, you know, there's, there's areas where you can kind of cheat in life where, you know, you don't follow all the steps exactly. You can still kind of skate by under the radar, but when you're in a race and you didn't do the work, mm-hmm. uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna perform, you know? Um, so I became, you know, super disciplined with that because I didn't want, if, if anything was going to go wrong at the race day, it wasn't going to be because I wasn't prepared. <laughs> um, I learned that, you know, some days you're, um, some days when you're, you're training, you feel like you're on top of the world and you're Olympic caliber. And some days you feel like, gosh, you're, you're just, uh, you know, back of the packer and that's as good as you're going to get today. Mm. Um, and, and both days will pass, you know, um, and then, you know, you, 
you know, we make mistakes and what do you learn? Like I said before, what have you learned from them? What can you, what can you do differently to prepare to not make that mistake happen again? Um, you know, um, I had to remain teachable and, uh, you know, I've been doing triathlon since 1993, but I was a beginner again. Mm. And, you know, when he told me I had to move my arm ever so slightly on my, um, intake for my stroke, um, I had to really listen to him or when I had to pick up my running cadence because trail running is much different than road running, um, or go to the track. I'm like, why am I going to the track doing speed work when I'm doing a long run, long, slow run? He's like, shut up and do it. And I'm like, okay. And, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. and so it's like, yeah, that being, being open to actually take and grow, like not, we don't have all the answers. Um, and so, so that sounds like something like a real growth mindset. You're, you're willing to take on new information and change for the better and and humble myself to ask for help mm. you know i mean i that's the thing that I, I guess really turned me off from from doing competitive triathlons back then is that everybody was just so in it for themselves and you know they you know just just climbing over you in the swim and you know they were all just bragging about how fast they were or how you know how great they were and it just really made me crazy and you know but i'm like and even the ones that I coached, some of them were like that, you know, I coached for all those years. And, you know, it, I loved watching someone come, go from couch to triathlon or from Olympic distance to, you know, in, in 16 weeks. And it was just mm. so cool to, to be able to see that, um, you know, and there's a, a book called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And um, it talks about, uh, you know, if you're really, really into something and want it to happen your heart is in it and you have faith like the universe conspires to make it happen and mm. so angels appeared for me so many times throughout my life and you know specifically during the race uh, uh race day so many people showed up that <coughs> i never would have imagined um you know got help from the most unlikely sources that got me through um i'm very very into the ebbs and flows of the universe and when signs appear I, I i look at them and i i see is this is this really something i need to look at and and do um and i've never been uh let down with my faith you know um and that's it's, incredible it's just it's it's such a metaphor you know to to accomplish uh any athletic achievement it's such a metaphor for you're able to accomplish anything in life Mm. You know, if you put your mind to something, you will make it happen. If you're really, if you set out a, a, a plan and you're, and you're disciplined to that plan, you know, the, the world is your oyster and you'll get everything you want. You may not, or anything you want. I mean, you, not, you may not get everything you want, but you'll get anything you want. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. And so, so you've, you've, you've done the dream. You've, you've hit Kona. Um, which, you know, most people can only, you know, dream of like that whole Kona lottery thing. You see people um, on social media a lot just like praying that they could get to go along and, and you've gotten to do that. Do you, do you have endurance activity goals now? Like is there is there something else that you're aiming towards or have you have you reached the peak and now you're just on the slow, <laughs> the slow downhill, you know, enjoyment walk, you know, what, what, what's next? Well, uh I'm on a I'm on a plateau right now and just trying to ride out the the excitement of of accomplishing that lifelong dream and trying to figure out what's next. Um, I've signed up for a couple races next year. Going back to Hawaii to do the the Hanu half in June, um, and uh, this time I think I'll be in a much better 
mindset where I don't have to, you know, really prove anything to anybody except mm. myself. So I'm really mm. looking forward to enjoying it. Um, I've also signed up for uh, Traverse City, Michigan. I spent some time in Michigan before I moved to Colorado. They've got an inaugural half Ironman. And so I'm going to do that at the end of August with my older brother. And it will be for the first time ever that we're going to race together. And uh, it was really cool at the finish line. You know, my wife and my two youngest daughters were there. Um, my, uh, my brother and two of my best friends were volunteering at the finish line as catchers. And they all timed it so they would be there for me um, at the end. And it was just unbelievable <coughs> to have that. And so, you know, my brother, who's two years older than me, um, he kind of started doing triathlons um, after uh, he was in a bad car accident and got hit by a DUI, uh, drug driver. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he had to, you know, almost died and his wife almost died. And um, they had a long road of rehab together. And he started cycling as part of his rehab to fix his knees. And when I, I heard how much he was doing, I'm like, man, you should come out here and do some rides with me. And there's a, a ride here in Colorado called Triple Bypass. And, he, uh, it's, it's three 10,000 foot passes over 120 miles in the mountains here. And, oh, uh, he, <laughs> he came out here and did that with me. And then he's just been a, just a super cyclist and he got bored and wanted to do triathlon. So he did this first Ironman two years before I did. And so since he's older than me, I had to one up him to do the, uh, the, the Hawaii thing, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but he was a huge resource for me. But anyway, we're going to race together at Traverse city at the end of August and that should be fun. And um, but you know, right now I'm just, just doing a lot of trail running and I got to get back in the pool. Um, and you know, I think at, at some point I'd really love to, to qualify for Kona and get in, uh, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a, an amazing feat for me being that I'm a, uh, a middle of the pack kind of guy. Um, and I'm very, very competitive. So I turned 50, uh, but I'm very competitive in the 65 to 69 year old female category and if i was in that not dominant competitive (laughs) (coughs) so i'm hoping (laughs) the next uh, 20 years or so i'll be able to still do this and maybe qualify at that age group level nice nice well and that and that's an inspiring road ahead (laughs) yeah and i'm not i'm not someone that really ever wins anything but i just do it for the you know to enjoy the journey and to see how hard i can push myself well, your story, your story is inspirational. I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling pumped, and to think <laughs> that if, you know, by the time I'm 50, um, if I'm, you know, able to be, be, you know, smashing out these massive races and doing what you're doing, um, then I will be one very happy camper. But um, if imagine we got we got some people that are either just getting into triathlon endurance activities, maybe they're sitting on the couch um, and they're thinking of, you know, just getting in um, and doing, um, you know, more activity or endurance activities, what would your three tips be to them? You know, um, I, uh, I would say find someone who inspires you and go ask them how they did what they did to get them to inspire you, you mm-hmm. know? And so if you're, if you're thinking about doing a triathlon, go, you know, join up with a local triathlon club and, uh, you know, and, and ask the people that have done them, how they do them and, you know, how, have, how has their life changed as a result of doing it? Cause that's really it. I mean, when, when I was coaching, you know, the, the week before a big race, we would have a big meeting and I would ask everybody, okay, who thinks they're going to win this thing? Raise your hand. And no one does. Okay. Mm. We got that out of the way. How are we going to have our best day ever? Mm. <laughs> you know, and then, so, you know, join up with a team and or a club and, you know, and, and ask for help. And, um, you know, and, you know, if you can't, you know, run a mile, 
run a half mile. If you can't run a half mile, run a block. And, mm. uh, and you know, a journey of a thousand miles starts with one single step. And um, you'll, you, whatever you believe in your head is true. If you believe you can do it, you can do it. If you believe you can't do it, you can't do it. I mean, I, I, I just uh, read Rich Roll's uh, Finding Ultra book. And he did this super five Ultraman. He did five Ironmans in five days in five different islands in Hawaii with a guy who had his had one arm. Oh, <clears throat> you know. And if if a guy who with one arm can do it, um, anyone could do it. It's it's mm. a matter of mindset. And so, um, I think that's uh, four or five. Uh, uh, yeah, tips there. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Rich Roll's pretty um, inspiring, actually. I've been mean, sort of listened to a bit of his podcast and and seen a few you know videos on YouTube about him lately, and it it, it sort of just starts to stretch your mind a little bit as as to what is what are you capable of? Like you're saying, like if your mind can go there, then you're likely to be able to do it. And if you what I really loved was if your heart is behind where your mind's at. So if you've got alignment there, then the universe is going to conspire to help make things happen. So as long as you've got that faith, you've got that mindset, uh, and, you, and you've got a bit of purpose and put your heart behind it, um, then then you can move mountains and, and achieve absolutely astounding things. So um, I've really um, enjoyed um, having, having you on the show. Now, if, if anyone wanted to like follow you or, you know, um, track track progress or anything like that, did you have like an Instagram handle or a, or a blog? Sure. Um, you wanted to share or you bet so my instagram handle is bico dds b-i-k-o-d-d-s i'm a big peter gabriel fan and uh big activist and uh so the song uh that he wrote about stephen bico that's where i got that from Uh, so bico dds um you can find me on instagram you can also find me brett kessler uh dds doctor of dental surgery brett kessler dds on facebook then i have a blog that's uh um uh titled my life is an adventure and uh so it's bcodsblogspot.com and uh, you can find me there and uh you know i i just i don't write a lot but when i do it's usually because i'm inspired so i try and keep uh uh helps clarify my brain when i when i put stuff on paper and so i'd love to you know have people follow me in my adventures that'd be great Nice, nice. Again, I just want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you and, and learning more about your life. Um, and guess, guys, if you're listening to this, follow along, um, take all the gold gems out of that, um, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for wonderful. coming on, Brett. Thank you, everybody, and thank you, Tom. What a wonderful podcast you have, and the best of luck to you. Can't wait to put some miles in with you at some point. Sounds good, bud. Talk soon, eh? All right. Thank you.